What's going on everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I lead marketing at The Juice. A couple weeks ago, we hosted our second episode of Content Distribution Live. This time it was with Allie, who is the co-founder and CEO at SimpleStrat. The conversation was building culture around content distribution. So much of the conversation was about fundamentals, things to have in place, how to communicate with teammates, and how to really leverage content and content distribution to help your brand level up early. I learned a ton from this. I'm still scribbling notes, but thought, you know what? Let's take this event and put it on the Modern Day Marketer feed for anyone who missed it. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, let's kick it to it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Content Distribution Live, episode number two. Very excited to have this chat today. First, I want to thank all of you out there. I know it's not easy as ambitious uh, marketing professionals to take some time out of your day to sit through one of these conversations. So my goal really is to try to make this as engaging and as exciting as possible and hopefully you all learn something from it. So hopefully you got a chance to tune into the first episode with Justin Simon about leading with the content distribution first approach. Really enjoyed that chat, had a lot of really good feedback. Today, I think when I was thinking about this topic about of building a culture around content distribution, Ali Swanky was the number one person I thought of. I constantly see her and her team on my social channels everywhere, promoting videos. HubSpot Hacks is an incredible YouTube channel that they have put out that if you're a HubSpot user, they're literally giving you everything and providing value constantly, articles, newsletters, everything. So Allie was the first person that I thought of. So excited to dive in um, with her today. A little bit on the format, like we're not going to like PowerPoint slide you to death. We're literally just going to sit and have a conversation about how she's thinking about building a culture around content distribution. There'll be three sections, actually four sections. We're going to do a little bit of background. We're going to talk about culture, and then there's going to be a a hypothetical scenario that I'm going to toss her away to help paint the picture for how they're thinking about content distribution. And then the fourth and final section will be Q&A. So make sure you get in your questions. I'll try to do my best to plug that throughout, but if something inspires you or hits you, definitely leave it in the chat. We'll try to get to as many as possible. I wanted to start off first with a poll. So if Kat, you throw up the poll, shout out Kat on our team who is helping behind the scenes. But I wanted to know, how would you best describe your company's content culture? Giving you four options and opportunities here just to give you get a little perspective from our audience trying to learn where you all are at with your content culture at your company. Uh, actually, I'm going to do it here, Kat. Yay, I can do it myself. Uh, the manual, t- I got the touch. Last plug before we get into the chat Go to social, right? This is my favorite part of these things is just hearing the conversations after we get done. So tag tag us at the Juice HQ, tag Allie, tag me. If you hear anything that inspires you today, take to Twitter. We do appreciate that. 
Also, final bullet here, playing a little hurt today, dealing with the daycare sickness. I've got a, my daughter's 18 months. And if you're a parent of a little one, you know how it goes. So I've got the sinus thing and a little bit of a cough. But earlier in my career, I heard a sales leader give a talk about uh, champions always play hurt. So I'm going to try to do that uh, here today. But without further ado, let's get to it. Let's get to the chat. So if we could bring Allie on the stage, that would be awesome. Allie, how are you? I'm doing well, Brett. How are you? I am well excited to chat with you about content, content culture, content distribution. I know content is right in your wheelhouse, so I think this should be a, a really fun chat today. Yeah, likewise. Uh, maybe we start here. So I talked a little bit about seeing Simple Strat throughout my social feeds, HubSpot hacks, all that good stuff. I'd love for you to maybe give a little bit of background on Simple Strat and you just so everyone understands kind of where you're coming from in this conversation. Sure. Well, I'm the founder of Simple Strat and my co-founder, Tyler Simone Sprunks, also in a lot of our content, but we're most well known for our HubSpot series over on YouTube called HubSpot Hacks. And we've learned a lot about distributing content over there. We help folks with HubSpot implementation, optimization, all things HubSpot. And then ultimately we call it fueling your flywheel, which means content is a thing that makes that service marketing and, and sales uh, wheel spin around. So we specialize in helping with content creation distribution and that's what we're talking about today. Yes, we are. And that can uh, get us right into the, the first part. But talking content distribution, I think uh, I've said this every time I talk about it. It's like my favorite topic because it feels like marketers are just getting going and there's so much to talk about and so much to learn from. I'm curious on your side, when you realized that content distribution was a strategy that you not only needed to embrace, but start to talk with your customers about. Yeah, well, one, we all are over overworked and underpaid. Let's just put it out there. Like content marketers, hey, can I get an amen in the chat, right? <laughs> um, but I think the challenge is we're trying to, uh, let's go back to psychology. Like we get sick of our own stuff because we think that we've seen it multiple times. Like, oh my God, our audience needs something new. And really what I've learned over the years is by the time your audience gets sick of it is when, or by the time you get sick of it is when your audience is first really seeing it. So we spend so much time creating this content and a lot of it's like a castle in the middle of the woods with no roads to get there. So every time you build a distribution channel and a lot of that's on dark social now, like it gets roads to your content. And if it's a best hit, Nobody goes to a concert to watch their favorite band play new songs. They're like, play the good stuff, play the good stuff. And that's how our content strategy should be. So we realized that in distributing our own content. And once we saw those results, we really started talking with our clients about that. I love uh, the music analogy. And maybe like you touched on this, but I'm curious, like, I think dark, I wasn't planning on getting into the dark social of it all, but mm. I'm just curious. I think it's something a lot of marketers are talking about, like, when you think about distribution and you think about dark so social, like what's what what comes to your mind in terms of like trying to make sure that the content that you all are creating is the type of content that like gets shared in that fashion? Yeah. So gosh, I, I think it's um, Ronnie Higgins and I had a call last week, which Ronnie's a, an awesome content marketer to follow on Twitter. I think he's on vacation this week, so maybe don't bother him on Twitter. <laughs> but he was talking about, you know, will what will make this content likable and shareable? What will make somebody go, hell yeah, I need to share that 
in Slack or something. It's insanely helpful. And so he was talking that about that being their, like in their creative brief, that's a question that their content team needs to answer. And I think that's brilliant because mm. if you think about the last piece of content you shared so we have an article on our website called the ultimate guide to B2B podcast marketing. And it's like how to set it up, what to do, how to structure your format, how to produce it, how to promote it. It's like, oh my God, this is all in one place. I have to send this to my team. And so you have to have that feeling about your content for dark social to work. It can't just be like, we publish another blog today. Check it out. Like that strategy is so 2005, like that does not work. So it has to be what's going to make somebody go, holy heck, this is amazing. I have to share this. I love that. So I, I think what I, I talked to a bunch of marketers and I we're talking about the content distribution journey. One of the things that I always hear in terms of like why they're interested in getting started is the fact that like this like content hamster wheel and hit publish, hope the algorithms take control of it and get it to where it needs to be and go back and continue to publish and get re- rinse and repeat. Like they realize like there's some diminishing returns and they're not getting the traction that they once did and likely because everybody's doing it that way. So they're interested in learning about how distribution might be able to help amplify their content to get it to the right people at the right time. I'm curious, like, is that similarly to the types of problems that you hear from your customers or what are, what, what are you hearing when they come to you where content distribution might be a problem to something that they're trying to fix? Yeah, you know, it's it's unlikely that that conversation, unless you're really like, there's some marketers here on this call that they understand that content distribution is a problem. But let's go to like, there's that saying a problem well defined is half solved. Mm. And if that means that, hey, we need to get more traffic to our website, usually the answer to that internally is like, write more blogs, make more videos, do more things like we always think of more and more and more. And yet, that's like building more rooms in your house without doors to get in that room. So like, that would be crazy. I have, I have this like 12 room mansion, but I only use the kitchen. Like that's just crazy. So we have to both like properly diagnose the problem as marketers and say, you know what? We actually got a really good response on this blog when we first like released it three months ago. Have we done anything more with this? Is it still evergreen? And so it takes a step back to analyze what's already working first and figure out like, this is a great message to sell your to your executive team. Hey, this already had a really great engagement like three months ago and we shared it. We could actually just put this out again and spin it a little bit more in this direction and cut out 50% of the work of creating net new stuff. And it's like, oh my goodness, that's great. So what I think the challenge is, is knowing which one of those things is, is true. Is your content resonating? Like if no one's seeing it in the first place, you may need to work on your like, you know, customer understanding and some of your SEO but if it's already working, we just actually are working on a content distribution toolkit that helps you re-examine how that content's already positioned. And we have like 15 different ideas of how to spin that in a new direction. I want, I love that. I want to maybe talk a little bit about you're in an interesting spot. I feel like I'm in an interesting spot sometimes where like content businesses, but also content mm-hmm. creators. So thinking about it from the lens of like, you started a business around content marketing, but I'm sure when you started Simple Strat, there has been so much that have changed has changed regarding how you do content marketing, how you, you know, coach up your clients on content marketing, maybe talk a little bit about like adapting to those changes, because I feel like content distribution fits into that at some level. 
Yeah, I think there's, so I have an example that we had a, a conversation with a client and they like, I'll give, we release HubSpot hacks every Tuesday. Like every Tuesday we have a new video coming out. And so that's something you can't expect. But if I said, Brett, what were the last three videos we released? If you knew that you might be a super fan or a stalker, like you might be one of the two. The average customer does not understand or remember which one you released when. And so mm. as long as there's enough time removed, you can then revisit that because we we are not in enough. Like, I think I think sometimes we think about content like a newspaper, like the newspaper came out every morning. You know, that's how news worked for years and years and years. And yet now we live in a world where like our newspapers are coming to us at various times throughout the mm. day through our news feeds. Yours is different than mine. And so we can't think that everybody Tuesday morning looks at our video right when it publishes. There's some people, sure, but that's why the newsletter is important. That's why my social is important. That's why posting in core is important. Like you're going to find this content that's helpful to you on your own timeline. And that's true of all of your content consumers. So we have to get out of this mind frame of like, every Tuesday, I can't talk about a video that went out three weeks ago because someone might've already seen it. If they saw it again, they're probably a super fan or super stalker. I've never thought that being a super stalker in anything is a good <laughs> thing, but I think that's what we're driving for. And also like, I'm totally guilty as charged where it's like, publish something new, like, you know, what? let's just use LinkedIn, I'll publish something new to LinkedIn. It's like, are people seeing it? Are they seeing it? It's just like people aren't sitting around waiting for your content. So thinking about it in a way to help extend its life uh, cycle and sh keep sharing it and share it even more when you think it's dull. I think that's just the way we're, we're moving in marketing. So I love that perspective. Before we get into the culture portion of this, I wanted to try to get kind of get your perspective on just like people that are doing content distribution now. My observation are I'm noticing them more, which translates back to they're probably like running laps around their competition when it comes to content and awareness and adding value to the people that they're trying to sell to. But I'm curious, like what kind of opportunities do you think are ahead for marketers who are who are beginning to embrace content distribution right now? Yeah, embracing content distribution is really a exercise of planning and agility more than I mean, creativity is a component of that. But you know, you can exhaust your creativity because there's only so many ways and new ideas. And especially like in a company, you might like we have a, a content repositioning play that we call pop culture. So the pop culture play is called let's say I have this like podcasting, this B2B podcasting guide. And I want to create a series of carousels around the Super Bowl. And we talk about how to like, I don't know, you know, celebrate your Super Bowl win with your podcast or something like that. That was terrible. <laughs> but <laughs> you, you get the idea. So like it's, it's pop culture because it's relevant at the time of the Super Bowl. So that it's, so it's what ties in. But your company might not be okay with you doing that. So mm. there's going to be some like boxes of stuff you have to live in. But at the same time, I think that your content distribution has to be a, in order for you to do it, you have to have, what are the forums that my customers hang out on? What are the dark social places? What are the podcast or yeah, what are the podcasts we could guest on? What are the core questions we could answer? Like mm. you have to do a lot of building of your foundation before you can have a really systematic distribution process. And let's be honest, a lot of companies struggle to even sit down and plan a content calendar. Are they going to have time to plan a content distribution plan? Ugh, probably not. So the toolkit that we've been building like will help with that. But that is one of the things that, you know, if you can outsource at least all of that with tools like 
Spark Toro or eCarin or whatever it is, like that will help you get a step further. And then it's about execution. Like it's, we've got three months to promote this new guide that we have coming out. Month one, we do these 15 things. Month two, we do these 15 things. And they're mapped out and it's less thinking and more executing. I love that. That's such a good call out because I feel like anyone probably listening or watching this is an ambitious marketer and we want to go, 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 ship, ship, ship. But I have found in my own content distribution learnings that whenever I take a step back and analyze, do the work, research, figure out where we should be spending our time getting our content and message out, the greater the returns on the other side. And it's really hard to think that way, especially when we're used to being on that content hamster wheel, constantly publishing more, 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 new, new, new. But I I feel like uh, the more we take a step back, the more value that not only people that we're trying to reach are getting out of our content, but us as marketers, seeing those numbers rise and people engage with that. So I loved the thoughts there on the the background and setup. I want to talk about the culture component. That's what we're here for. I think it's undeniable that like when I think about Simple Strat, I immediately think about Ali because you're kind of front and center. You're, you know, on videos, you're constantly on LinkedIn, you're engaging in conversations. And it's, I think it's cool because I feel like you are a marketer that embraces this, like this, this role that we have in 2023 and just like the power behind the individual creator. So I'm curious, like, why have you embraced being the face of Simple Strat? And what sort of impact has your approach and how you do it had on how you kind of think about content distribution? Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why the the face and so myself and my co-founder and, and other folks on our team are now like doing a lot more with with the videos too. But really, our approach was out of necessity. So if we talk about setting yourselves apart with your content, when you do exactly what the competition doing if they're already like two years or three years or in our case it was like six years ahead of us it's tough to catch up especially in written content they had backlinks and notoriety and they could publish on the hubspot blog and we were a new hubspot partner and so we didn't have those advantages and it just felt like we were trying to catch someone that we were never going to get past and so leaning into the faces we immediately gave ourselves credibility online and then i just this is both a, I think a win and a frustration of mine is like, I've always been a little bit ahead of where the market's going. And so I'm pitching blogs back in like 2009, 2010, when companies were like, no, no one's ever going to read our blog. And I was like, no, just trust me. I published podcasts before they were on your phone and it was super hard. You had to hand code them, right? Like I was so excited for podcasts, but what I, when we leaned into video, what we started to see. So back to your comment about analyze, And then find those findings and keep iterating. We started to find that people would trust us as a newer company at an astronomically faster rate than having to go and try and build those relationships in person. So we both got out ahead of other agencies that were doing HubSpot content. And then we also found that that increased our sales velocity because they could watch 10 videos and felt like they had 10 meetings with us. Mm. And so that like all of those kind of good feelings and results were the reason we keep buying in and we keep moving forward. But now we're releasing a webinar series. And so it's important for us to have our employees on those webinars to further that human credibility as we move into that content. So I'm all bought in, but we definitely have more systems now behind how that content's created because I don't sit around all day and make videos, people. Like, it's not what I do. <laughs> uh, it looks like 
that's what I do, but we have a good system. So that actually comes across that way. Don't sell yourself short, Allie. You, you're cutting <laughs> the juice and uh, HubSpot integration video at 5am. So you're working around the clock for, for everybody. That was not a necessity. I have kids and pets and I was like, everybody's sleeping right now. But uh, yeah, if you watch my blooper reel, do not try to record videos about the Jews at 5am. It's not pretty. <laughs> I want to talk. So a lot of marketing leaders, I think marketing leaders kind of people who are leading marketing teams now grew up in this era of like ship, 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 content, hamster wheel. But now like in overseeing teams, analyzing content, realizing that that approach isn't getting them to where they used to be able to get. So turning to strategies like content distribution, where they're observing people on LinkedIn and understanding how they're going about building an audience and it's resonating and they want to implement it. But I don't necessarily know how, because they've never really done it. So I'm curious, like what sort of advice do you have for marketing leaders who want to like flip the switch, move to a distribution kind of first approach and get their team on board, but haven't really done it before? Yeah, I think it's hard because even if you're a marketer who understands how that works, what has continued to baffle me is the the gap of understanding on how digital content even just works or get con gets consumed mm. from non-marketers. So it's like, um, so interestingly enough, we're doing a webinar in, in a week about LinkedIn and how to use LinkedIn with sales and marketing and HubSpot and all the things. And I, we have a cold outreach uh, campaign going out to, to sales leaders to invite their teams to join us for this webinar. And an email that I got back from this leader, he says, that's great, but LinkedIn isn't for our industry. We focus on personal relationships. And I was, I was just taken aback by it because I thought like, well, what do you think LinkedIn is? Right. And that is personal relationships. But to everybody's own understanding of what the tool is to, to that person, it was like, this is a tool and I can't quite hammer it into my box. Instead of thinking LinkedIn is the world's largest networking organization trade show event that you need mm. to be at. And right now you're the equivalent of sitting in the corner on your phone with your head down. Like you're showing up and like people think that by showing up on LinkedIn and liking a couple things like, oh, I'm active again, back in person. That's like standing in the corner and waving and no one's really caring if you're waving at them. It just does not work like that. So some of this content distribution conversation around culture is as much about what's important to my audience, which is my coworkers, my sales mm. team, my executives. Like you have to be a marketer inside your own organization to even get them to understand why it's important to talk about it, let alone do it. So understanding what that gap is and where you need to spend your time teaching and educating to build advocates is important. And then just like any other initiative in your organization, you might have to find the people who believe what you believe right now and use them as a pilot to then demonstrate. Because once the results start coming in, you can't negate that. But if I say, like I talked at a conference and showed how I had built one piece of content and used a strategy and essentially got, I mean, however many messages or leads from it. But I said, the reason why this worked is because I didn't just post. One, it was super hot, but two, I went and engaged with every single comment. So if you do not have the stomach to go and actually have conversations on these platforms, you're essentially throwing a conversation out and walking away. You just, th th that cannot happen. I think every, every executive slash marketer slash whatever. So overwork, we just want to be able to push it out and walk away. I'm done. Check. It's done. We now live in a world where people want to have that conversation. So you have to be prepared for that. And that's an organizational wide thing. I want everyone to know who's listening or watching this, that clip of what 
Ali just shared is gold. I feel like one of the things that we do a terrible job of as marketers is we don't think about marketing from the inside first because it's not a topic that's people are talking about on LinkedIn. It's not external. It's not going to get a bunch of notoriety, but it's it's one of those foundational building blocks that we all need to be really good at in order to sell content distribution or whatever the new strategy is to our teams and get them bought in. That's how I feel, Ali. I'm curious. Like, do you feel like as marketers, we just neglect the internal marketing of it all? I don't know. I'd love for you to maybe talk a little bit about that because you hit a button with me with that comment. I was like, yes, like let's talk a for let's talk for a second about internal marketing because it's really important yeah well based on a lot of conversations i've had lately i will tell you and this this may make some people upset when i say this and that is we as marketers are tired we are tired of explaining why things are important we're tired of getting asked to do things that don't align with strategy because everyone around us just like i would say just like the people that are the life coaches that have had no life yet <laughs> ahead of them. Like, don't teach me how to manage my family when you don't have any kids and you have a dog. A dog is not the same as a child. Like you're, you have, you know, a, an infant, like it, there's a dog is not an infant. And I think when you look at marketing, we've had so many things change and everything looks like it's a push button easy because Fiverr says you can hire someone for five bucks. We've now got AI that can do our job, blah, 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 that, when it comes to trying to help disclose what it is that we're doing and why it's important, we're just like, why do I have to do this so much? So it's important for us to shift our mindset and say, it is your leadership or it is your leadership responsibility and it is a privilege to be in the position where you can communicate how this world is changing and how people consume information and change your mindset there first. Secondly, when we get other teams on board, it's it's so important to show. We have to show and not tell. We just have to show and show and show and show. So I've challenged myself to say, instead of saying you should do this, pulling up an example and saying, wow, did you notice that one thing you shared last week actually got a lot of input? And here's the reason why I think that is. Why do you think that is? Because once someone else thinks it's their idea, they will run with it. But as long as it's my idea, people will stop at the front door. I couldn't agree more. And I've got a follow-up question uh, on that, but want to make sure that if you have questions out there, definitely use the chat, put those in. We'll make sure we get time at the end to address those. Talked about the marketing leader trying to get content distribution going with inside teams and and build culture around it. I want to touch on maybe the individual contributor. So um, chances are probably the, the, the more standard Thing that's happening is in, uh, individual contributor is seeing, you know, the Nick Bennett's of the world promoting content and seeing him gain traction and saying, we need to do this. This is content distribution. But then they have to go back and do the internal marketing or selling, sell to the boss. The chances are the boss got in that spot because of the old way of doing content marketing. Mm-hmm. So there might be some friction there. I'm sure there's some internal marketing to it, but maybe talk a little bit about from the individual contributor perspective, like things to do, like how to level up your, you know, boss or your boss's boss on why content distribution should be something that you all lean into. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like your comment just now about they, 
the leaders that are ahead of us in years got to where they are because of their relationships where they were in person, they were at meetings like that's just the world that they were part of. And we're not part of, we're still part of that world. Like we still go to things like I'm going to go to inbound. If anyone's going to inbound, drop it in the chat. would love to, to connect with you at inbound, but like it's, it's not that world anymore. And so the thing that I don't know that people realize is like you and I both take calls off of Twitter because it's like, wow, that was interesting. I'd love to just connect with you. That seems weird. Who does a zoom call with someone they don't know? Well, that's just the same as what you did at a conference years ago. And that's, that's how that works. So one, I think that we have to re-educate our executive teams on how relationships are being built today in light of professional growth, because that is how you level up as a marketer. That is how you get credibility. That's how it, how it works. But then two, we also have to think about I don't know anybody that I've talked to that's not a marketer that says, yes, I'm so excited to talk about content distribution with you. Like, ugh. like they don't, <laughs> that is not something that they tend to find interesting. What they do find interesting is the way every single employee plays a role in the success of the company. So if you say, here's how mm. person one, two, and three plays into the role, like customer success, it's super important that you have a good experience on your support calls, blah, 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 blah. But after the support calls, here's what now happens in a digital world. Someone may be like, wow, that was super great. I had a great conversation with Brett. He works for the juice. And then they go look you up on LinkedIn. And so the people look you up comment is actually what we're trying to teach our teams about is even my teenagers, like I said, what is the first thing you do when you meet somebody? It's like, I look them up on Instagram. Okay, that happens in the professional world. So if your presence on LinkedIn further supports the experience you just had with that company, that is your role in content distribution. I love the comment about it used to be like in-person relationships in the transition. And I just think about like the marketing I've done in the last two and a half years. It All of the relationships that I've built have literally come from you're a stranger on LinkedIn, you're a stranger on Twitter, <laughs> but I dig what you're doing. Let me DM you and let's chat and the mm -hmm. rest is history. So that's just the way it works now. Yeah. And I think that skill is one that for some people, it comes naturally for others it's okay. Like I will say it's okay to admit that you don't know how to do that and say mm -hmm. the, the biggest thing you can do as a, like if you're struggling in your, in your organization to do this, let's say, Brett, I noticed that a lot of people at the juice share content online who are not in the marketing department. How did you get that to happen? Like that would be a DM that I guarantee you, Brett, you'd be willing to take and have a conversation about some things that have worked for you. That is the world we live in now where there's so many things that I think when the search results are all changing with AI and, and everything is just constantly changing. The one thing that's not is the direct line to other people who have done what you've done. And like, like we're having now, I can get experiential insight by just having a direct conversation. I love it. You maybe have given me the, my next idea for my next podcast episode or event or go. something, but, but <laughs> uh, more to come on that before we uh, move into the kind of the, a case study scenario, I'd, I'd love to maybe get some understanding from you on just like signals that indicate that your team is kind of bought in and there's good, there's a, it's a good content culture and also one where kind of distribution plays a role. What are some signals you see? Yeah, I don't quite know how to answer that. I think the thing that I continue to come back to is how to make it easy. Mm. So we, there was someone that tweeted this and I can't, I'm sorry if it was you and I don't remember, but the thing that works today is make it entertaining and make it easy for me to work with you. 
So that is essentially today's marketing strategy, right? If, if it's hard to order online, or if I don't know if I have a shipping, if I have to go figure things out, like I'm out, right? If I have to exhibit some energy, like I'm out. So when it comes to distributing content for your team, think about all the things you're up against. If your team doesn't know how to use Slack communities to engage, they're not going to engage. And even in our case, I gave some team members some things to post in Slack communities that say, hey, and what I didn't realize is I was like, it wasn't happening. And I said, why aren't we posting in these Slack communities? This is like a dark social distribution thing. Well, I'm afraid of X. Okay, fears are actually your biggest obstacle when it comes to distributing content when you're doing it with your team. Because if you're leveraging other people to post on your behalf, there's all this psychological junk going on in their brain of like, mm. well, I'm gonna look too boastful. I'm gonna look like all of a sudden I haven't posted anything and I'm too businessy. You know, my Instagram is more for my personal stuff, but Brett wants me to put a thing out about a podcast. How do I do that? So, I mean, you just got this, like, it's literally the, the two things between our ears that is causing all of our, our, our pushback. So as much as you can psychologically understand what's important to those folks in like, you're going to have to coach them through it. But the other thing in the distribution culture is, and I'm going to pull up my, my cheat sheet. So I gave you some real examples here, but there are things you can do in a distribution culture that are not like, you don't have to rely on your team, which is, okay, you could send an email to your top customers that says this, this blog is performing really well on our site. It must be really valuable. If you have any like friends that might benefit from it, I would encourage you to pass it on. Like we call it a top content referral email. Okay, that would be a strategy you as a marketer could deploy. You just need buy-in from your sales manager. That's it, that's all. You can post on LinkedIn as a carousel, post on LinkedIn as a video, post on LinkedIn as whatever. Like there's so many other ways besides just the employees getting bought in, but because those people have audiences, that's probably your biggest bet for wins. This, this conversation's about content and content distribution, but there's so many good things Allie is sharing just related to being a good marketer. And I, I, the thing that I just related with is just the mental component and the mental block and the fear of doing something because you're scared of something. And just throughout my career, I've experienced that, experienced that. but I think whether it's content distribution or something else like you just got to try it. You just got to go mm -hmm. and you got to do it with consistency. So love that perspective. I uh, want to move into the last section before Q&A. Speaking of q and I'm going to plug it again. It's what we do as marketers. If you got any questions, definitely put it in to the chat. Allie is going to be a good resource to answer some of those. But the last scenario here, I want to pitch something at you and see how you think about this. So we've got a content marketer who just published a new how-to video for their company. Typically, they're responsible for publishing it on YouTube, and then they post about it on LinkedIn. The individual knows that there's more they can be doing to promote this piece, but can't seem to get their content prioritized for distribution with the rest of the team. The easy thing to do is just like keep your head down and wait for the next video, but the marketer would would rather try to make a change. So that's the scenario. I've been through that. I'm sure many of you out there have been through that on the call. Are there things that we can be doing from a distribution perspective in advance to implementing an entire strategy that might gain buy-in for that marketer, Ali? Yeah, so I'm actually, uh, do you mind if I share something? Is that please, okay? Please, please share. Um, okay, yes. so let's see if I can figure out how to share here. We're going to share, and let's see here. Okay, you should be able to see an Excel document with a content distribution plan. Is that showing up for you? It looks like. It's trying. 
it's like ooh, it's it's too awesome i can't i can't share it oh my god oh um, come on go through yeah this is this is what happens when you try to do things on the fly like content marketers take note failing's okay well okay i'll talk through it tell you what after this i will i will publish this like where this is coming out but i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to it so we've in our in our distribution toolkit what we talk about is there is and you could have 500 of these but we've got 70 different distribution tactics and we typically so we have them organized by platform by type organic versus or paid we have frequency whether that's one time or multiple times or you know whatever and then effort level is one to five one is easy five is hard and then we also have like what we need to do this so for a video of this nature again not uncommon to say it's published i put it on linkedin and i move on okay well let's think about that from the logic perspective you put it on linkedin and you put it on youtube the chances of like did you use the right hook on linkedin like if it was just like we have a new video how many times as marketers do we just have to get it out the door and it's like new video and that's basically <laughs> that's like i got dressed today yay congrats for you like good job marketers so what is the hook that's necessary if in that video you need to say we covered five things and instead of saying I'll give you an example. HubSpot has a new XYZ feature. Great. That would be a good video for us to do. But if I reverse that back to like, we should know this as marketers, the pain is like, you know what? Bouncing back and forth in tabs is super inefficient. Do you ever feel like HubSpot is clunky? You know what? There's a new workspace prospecting area inside HubSpot that consolidates all that for one view. Here's what it is. Blah, blah, blah. That's the video. So again, you tease that out so that you might decide to tease that out with five different tweets and figure out which one is getting most mm. resonance. So what we do in advance is like select some of these tactics. So it might be like, so on our timeline, when we plan this, we've got, here's the things we can do immediately. So I'll give you an example. So we can run a LinkedIn poll of like, what's the most annoying thing in HubSpot, like user interface, blank, 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 or blank. And then you go and respond to each one of those comments and say, Hey, did you know we covered this in a video? Mm. Maybe not every comment, but that's one. You can send a specific email out, which you probably should do anyway about that mm. asset. Add it to your email signature. Why mm. isn't it in your email signature if it's something that's awesome, right? Share with internal stakeholders. How many times at a company do you have an asset and the rest of the company has no idea that it was created? Mm. And like as marketers, this just is frustrating because you're like, oh my God, why don't you know? But you know what? Go back to everyone selfish and focused you know what, Brett, here's a new video. And here's why I think you're going to like it. You market internally to your people because they might be like, oh, I know a customer that would really love this. Again, internal. So I yeah. feel like if, if there's a new product feature with inside your business, like everyone's going to know about it or should know about it. Everyone's going to know what it does. Everyone's going to know when it's going to launch to everyone. Everyone's going to know what customers are currently using it. Content, we're spending as marketers, we're spending this just as our product and engineering team are spending time building out product. We are spending the same amount of time building out content. But like you mentioned, we just kind of publish it and give zero context for not only why we created the piece, but also its application and who we're trying to reach. So your chance of your you getting your team to share it is a big fat zero. Like there's zero chance. Mm -hmm. What do you, is it like a, a show and tell? Is it part of a, uh, a company update? Like what are ways that you've seen that, like showcasing that piece and getting buy-in before it goes live that has worked? Yeah. I mean, really making it about the customer, like as, as a company, you exist for the customer. So I think the, sometimes the, because we're just moving fast, it's a like, 
okay, here, here's all the things that are new. And I know even like as us, as, as HubSpot consultants, we feel like that with the HubSpot updates where it's like, oh my God, like when don't you have a new feature, right? But if you take it back to like the pain statements that you hear, so like customer success would be the first team that says, you know what, like you've heard these things multiple times. Like you should be cheering because this is a direct answer to the complaints or, or whatever it is or, or, or wishes from our customers. And then you have them talk about why they're excited about the feature as opposed to the marketing team. So I think if as marketers, I think sometimes we feel like we need to be sharing, but sometimes it's like, so there was a study, I can't think of who did it. Gosh, it was a wonderful study, but done by a B2B, like psychological sort of a research company. They found that when marketing teams shared assets with the sales team, the sales team was less likely to share them. But when the top performing sales team member who just like killed it, president's club every year, all the things when they were like, Hey guys, there's this new thing available. All the sales team used it. So you may need a different communication vehicle inside mm. your company to give the credibility to the things you want to market. The, the old Trojan horse scenario with your top sales rep, it works. It works. I promise you. So uh, I love that call out. Um, before we move off of this and into Q and a, I, one thing I, there, there isn't many voices talking about content distribution, but there is a few. And I think one of the things I've heard is just like time spent versus creating versus distributing. And it's kind of like this, 50 50 split is what I'm hearing is like to me that like if I'm an existing creator who's constantly publishing telling me that I'm going to spend half my time doing distribution now and the other half creating might give me anxiety is that like 50 50 split too ambitious or is that kind of right on the money when we're thinking about the balance between you know creation and distribution. I mean, I think it's all relative, you know, the, the, this also goes to internal dynamics. So let's say this, let's say, Brett, you're going to be like the way me as your boss understands your productivity as a number of blogs you put out a month. Mm. So if you are being engaged on that right now, if you start to move into content distribution, you look like you're slacking. So this has to be something you talk about internally because some organizations will say we're all about results. And yet they hold you to a production standard, which is like, what? I don't understand this. Like you want results. So let's just do what the results call for. But instead they're thinking like input equals output and the recipe doesn't change for them. So when you're thinking about 50, 50%, 50%, you also need to think about the foundational work that I mentioned before, where it's like, have you identified the podcast? Cause like going back to this being an engine, you probably every month should be reaching out to you. So like as a project goal for us, for example, we're going to get placed on X amount of podcasts. Okay. To do that, we have to have things to talk about. We need to have new assets to pitch to these podcasts to talk about them. That becomes an entire distribution strategy in and of itself. That has a very specific execution plan. So unless you have someone on your team dedicated to content distribution, you're probably going to have to identify specific distribution channels and build programs around that. than just like, Oh, um, today I'm going to spend time writing. So I'm going to spend time distributing. Like it doesn't quite work like that. The uh, podcast pitching. Um, have have you have you cracked the code on? Um, I'm sure like uh, you are able to easier able to jump on people's podcasts, and it happens probably quicker when you have the established relationship and you know those individuals. Like that's easy. But podcasts that you listen to and admire that 
Um, you don't have a connection or individuals. Have you, have you cracked the code on like things to do or things to say in order to night, like, just like when we're, you're trying to, you know, apply for a new job, not just be another resume, not just be another podcast pitch, things that you do to stand out. Yeah, actually, I know you've had him on the podcast before, but Jason uh, Bradwell from B2B Better mm. talks about like how many pitches he now gets because he's got a popular B2B podcast. And I mean, lesson number one, don't be generic and dumb. Like just don't do like, <laughs> like listen to the podcast, know who the audience listen. is, like literally the number of pitches of companies that are terrible that don't listen. <laughs> like I've gotten this myself where they'll pitch me. I had a podcast that's no longer live. Like it hasn't been live, Brett, for like four years. And I'm still getting pitches for it. And I was like, have you noticed that we haven't published anything since like, you know, 2019? So that's step number one. So that exhausts people. But number two, when you have content that's interesting. So people will say like, oh, content marketing is no longer working like it used to. You know what's working? Original research, original thoughts, yeah. insights from experience. Like those things are still working, you guys. Those are things that people want to talk about on podcasts because they can't Google them. Mm -hmm. So if you have an angle of something that, you know, the audience is really good, you've got super applicable insights and it's reserved to that audience only. They don't want to hear what you've talked about on another show. They want it very specific for your audience. Good advice. Yeah. I love that. Maybe, uh, this has been a, an I, this has been a conversation where it's been about content distribution, but like mostly like a lot of this stuff is like fundamentals and it's like going back to the fundamentals of how to be an effective market marketer. So love all the discussion on internal communications and uh, collaboration and all of that. Um, I've learned a ton from this. I want to get into Q and a before we do that. There is a slide that I want to plug because I'm a marketer. If you have any questions for Q and a, the time is now. Um, but we at the Juice launched our integration with HubSpot. You've heard Allie talk about HubSpot a lot, Simple Strat, our HubSpot consultants, and actually partnered with us on this launch. And we're really excited about it. So if you're a HubSpot customer, you're going to be a HubSpot customer and you're interested in how content distribution can help drive revenue with a platform like HubSpot, get at us. We'd love to chat. And Ali put together, as referenced, uh, an amazing video about how SimpleStrat is thinking about the integration. So I felt it, this has been a week of um, Ali and the juice. It was <laughs> intentional and it wasn't kind of wasn't intentional, but we 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 did the launch on Tuesday. Um, it was awesome. We got some good feedback. And today we're doing this conversation just Allie, anything uh, integration related that you want to mention? Obviously, we want to point people to your video, but anything further? Yeah, what I love about the integration is you are, you know, the juice is creating companies that are engaging if they're not already in your CRM. So you start to see, like, you start to be able to tell a story with your entire team of, listen, this actually supports the behavior of people wanting to kind of like dip their toe into our company without being talking, like talking to a salesperson first. So then the conversation internally becomes, how do you activate that information? So we've got ideas on the video for that, but I just love the fact that we can, you know, use the tools together. Awesome. Yeah, definitely go check out that video. And it looks like we got a couple questions so we're going to start with Mike Tree. In regards to internal marketing, how do you feel about marketing to the core audience if you are a solopreneur? Look at this. We're getting them on the screen. I love this. Thank you, Kat. <laughs> Let's see. How do you feel about marketing to the core audience if you're... 
So Mike, I'm guessing your core audience is like, if you are a solopreneur, your audience is like the P like you don't have enough time to do it all yourself. Is that? That's right? how that I read it. Okay. Okay. So one of the things, and again, I feel like a, sometimes a broken record when it comes down to process, but like the important thing is to identify how you will go about doing this. Because I think sometimes what happens is every single time we approach it differently and then it's like, well, that worked and that didn't work. But scientifically, let's say you're going to commit to 10 distribution tactics every time for a piece of content. And so right now, if you only do five or if you do 10, you want to do 20, whatever, but it needs to be spanned out over the course of probably 30 days. And so build yourself a calendar, build yourself a plan. Again, like I'll, I'll share Brett with the, this toolkit, but you can build yourself a plan and then just every day go commit to doing the same thing you would do to, to promote that. And as a solopreneur, like you may find that the things that you talk about are going to be very unique to you. And so you can use a lot of your own personal stories and a lot of your own personal relationships and not stuff in the content distribution that you can't use when you're doing this for a team. So you actually have some advantages because you can use a lot of your own personal to influence your distribution strategy. I, I give that a, th a thumbs up, retweet, couldn't agree more. We got one more question. If, if you got any more questions, now is the time. Uh, Mizuma, who shout out Mizuma, always engaging in the juice content. So I appreciate you being here in the question. But Ali, what are some ways we can make it easy for the team slash client to distribute content? Yeah, there's a couple of things that come to mind here. One is, you know, giving the promptings of what to share on LinkedIn is a excellent way to to do that. And we call them when we when we share this with our clients, we call them social starters. Hey team, we've got some social starters. Sometimes I will say like our, our message behind this is you are much better, most likely at editing what you don't like than starting with a blank cursor. So we've given you some content to start with. If you don't like it, you can adjust it. But if you, if you want to just post it, you certainly can. It's all set up for you. And so then creating that rally around, like, let's say you have a Slack channel and you have all of your LinkedIn, like you have a a zap that zaps over anybody with a certain profile when they post, you can create kind of like a accountability and visibility around that as a team and kind of celebrate that. And then some of this is like getting buy-in on, do you want to give like a LinkedIn posting award for the month? Like, Hey, the posting award goes to Joe. Joe did a great job. Like back to that, like, how do we reward people with gold stars for doing the activity that we want them to do? You know, the number two would be if you have specific content that you know at certain parts in the sales process works, develop a template they can pull out of HubSpot, they can pull out of whatever and send that content away. So if I'm on a podcast, I'm talking about content distribution, how would I create that into a HubSpot template that my sales team could send to a client that's like, hey, Ali was just on a podcast and it actually addressed the question we were just talking about last week, which is how do I get my team to post on LinkedIn? Da, da, da. Here's a here's some podcast. So templates are, are huge. And then the third thing is going to be just like sitting down with that team member and asking like how they, this would be like going back to our roots as marketers and understanding how do they view content distribution? Because if they view it's, it's marketing team's job and not their job, we may need to work on building some like understanding across organizations, no matter how easy we make it for them, they're not going to do it. I love it. I'll just add that like I could go Broadway on this topic, but I'll just add <laughs> that what you touched on not making it just a marketing thing is critical. And a good way to start that is by making sure your 
VP of marketing, your CMO, your CEO, whoever that kind of head of communication or who the company is following in direction understands is that if it's not just the marketing team, if the entire company is embracing distribution and sharing, that is not only going to help impact, you know, marketing, sales, product, all the things, but it is a recruitment mechanism because if you are someone out there and we all see these companies, but see the, the entire team sharing content constantly, it is an indicator that culture at that company is really strong. And there are a lot of people out there that aren't happy in their jobs. And they look at these companies who are constantly showing up and saying, I wonder if they have a demand gen role available. I wonder if they have a support role available just because you're always showing up. So that's the way I always think about it. It's like, man, like by your, not just the marketer, but your entire team sharing it. Like then that's where I feel like not only you have good content culture, but you just have good content in general. And the side effect of that is like people will want to work for you. And we all know how challenging it can be to recruit really good talent. So that's just a little, uh, uh, a little icing that I wanted to put on, on the, that, this cake, but Allie, this was, Oh, we got one more slide. I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> got to plug the plug. So recording will be available that if you attended, if you did not attend, but signed up, we're going to send that to you. You'll get that tomorrow. Also, if you're interested in learning more just about the juice, how you can leverage the juice to get your content to the right people at the right time, we'd love to have a conversation with you. A link is there or just reach out to me directly. Slide to my DMs at Indy McGrath. And definitely go check out Simple Strat, especially if you're a HubSpot customer. What Allie and their team is doing is so helpful. And I just always appreciate all the content, especially on the HubSpot hack side. So check out that YouTube channel as well. Allie, this was a blast. Another content distribution live in the books. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Yeah, thanks for the invite. And I'll get you that link for the toolkit so folks can take advantage of that as well. Yep, looking forward to sharing that out. Um, we will talk to you soon. And thank you everyone so much for joining. Thank you. Always enjoy everything Allie is doing. She played a double role that week, not only helping with the event, but helping with our HubSpot integration. If you're a HubSpot customer, check out what we're doing. We're doing some cool stuff. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back more Modern Day Marketer this week.